This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I'm not actually in the middle of a series. It's very rare that you catch me not in the middle of some sort of a series, a sermon series. But, but tonight's just something that the Lord has laid on my heart. And if we were to give it a title, it's this. He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. And in our Tuesday morning prayer group, we were looking in the book of Second Thessalonians. So go ahead and turn over there to Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And this verse we read just really popped out to me. And I've been thinking about it all week long. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. And, you know, I, I really, I like verses that there, there's, uh, there's a built-in sermon to the verse. You know, it's got three points already laid out. I mean, it's just one, two, three. It's all boom right there. And this is one of those verses where there's an entire sermon in one verse. So, the, you know... Wasn't a whole lot of research and work that I had to go into this, but but praise God, this is the this is some that's been speaking to me all week long. And then as the week came, I I realized why the Lord gave this verse to me. Uh, you know, there's uh, been several families this week that have dealt with tragedy, and uh, and praise God, we're prepared before it ever came. Amen. Because the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Right. So Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three, it says this. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and he will guard you from the evil one. There is so much power wrapped up in this one verse. And we're going to break this down into three different uh, points tonight. But I'm telling you. God is faithful and He will strengthen you when you need it most. He is the strength of your life. And, and, and you know, so many times we see people go through a hardship and, and they're looking all over the place. You know, they're, they're looking, you know, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And as King David said, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does, my, where does my help come from? No, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so whenever we are facing something, listen, you've got to realize, where your help comes from and right here it's laid out for you the Lord is faithful he will strengthen you and he will guard you from the evil one amen amen well God's going to speak to us tonight let's go ahead and open up in prayer and we're going to break this down and God's going to speak to us tonight amen father in Jesus name Lord we praise you we thank you that we have a church that we can come and, and, and hear from you, Lord. We can learn your word. We can worship together, God. We thank you that we have this freedom to do so. And God, I pray tonight that as we open up the word of God that's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord, I pray that as we open up the word tonight, you are going to speak to every single person here, Lord. You are going to strengthen us because you are faithful and you're going to show us what we need to see and tell us what we need to hear, Lord, so we can be strengthened and leave here serving you at an even higher level. And we thank you, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. So point number one tonight is this. Number one, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. I mean, do you get that? That no matter what, just because you've got something come your way, that doesn't mean that God's not faithful. The Lord's faithful. And, you know, one thing that we have to guard ourselves against is this. One of the primary strategies of the enemy is this tactic that he uses called isolation. 
Whenever you're going through something, he wants to make you feel isolated. He wants you to withdraw from the rest of the troops, from the rest of the family, and from, from especially from God himself. But he wants to isolate you and get you over here thinking, nobody cares. Nobody else has ever been through this. This is, I mean, I, I've got it worse than anybody's ever had. Nobody's faced this right here, and especially nobody I know. And he wants to isolate you and, and get you away from the rest of the troops. You know, I heard Dr. Barclay say this, you know, Joe here could testify of being a Marine, that, I mean, one of the number one things that, according to Dr. Barclay, the Marines would like to do is if they've got a certain target they're going after, they want to get that guy distracted over here from the rest of his troops, the enemy, you know, and because you're a lot easier to pick off if you're by yourself. You know what I mean? If you're surrounded on every side, you know, they've got to get through all your buddies. They've got to get through all the rest of the troops. They've got to get through the fortress of soldiers around you before they can get to you. But if you're off ball by yourself, an island under yourself, if you're isolated, doing your own thing, withdrawing from everybody else, you are a very easy target for the enemy. And, and so if there's one thing that the devil wants to do to you right now, if you're going through something is he wants you to withdraw. He wants you to become isolated and think that nobody's ever been through this. I'm the only one that's seen this type of a thing. And, and I've got it worse than anybody's ever had. He wants to withdraw you because over there you are you're easy pickings. You're the low hanging fruit, man. He can just snatch you right off the tree. And so I want to show you a very powerful verse here in First Corinthians chapter 2. 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. Amen. Uh, and this verse, uh, it's got uh, so much wrapped into it. But first Corinthians 10, we're going to look at verse 13. And I'm going to I'm going to check this out in the New King James Version right here. First Corinthians 10, verse 13. And I love this. First Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. There's that phrase again. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, man, anybody in here, you've ever gone through some temptation? And, you know, we'll talk about temptation for just a second here, but, but there's never a time in our lives that we can, that we've given in a temptation and we could say, well, I'll tell you what, the temptation was just more than I could bear. It was beyond my, listen, no, absolutely not. God says that the temptation is not going to be allowed to be uh, beyond what you are able to stand. And so, yeah, there's been times that I've given in a temptation, you've given in a temptation, but there's no time that I can say, well... I can't be held accountable for it. It was beyond my control. You know, I was just, it was beyond, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. That, you can't use that excuse as a born-again Christian, but for a number of reasons. One would be 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And the New Living Translation says, and and that is the spirit of self-control. You have a sound mind and you have a spirit of self-control. It's one of the fruit of the spirit, man. You've got self-control. So never again, when you give in to temptation, say, well, it was more than I could handle, man. I just ate the whole dang cheesecake because I couldn't help myself. Listen, I'm guilty of that one. And, you know, uh, you can't say I, I couldn't help it. You could help it. You just, you chose not to, right? 
Okay, so that's our lesson on temptation. But I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13 here, because this word temptation is also synonymous with the word trouble in the Greek. And so I'm going to read this verse and insert the word trouble where we see the word temptation. And it reads this way. No trouble has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And so whatever trouble you're facing, I mean, you know, it's unique and and nobody wants to face trouble, but somebody else has faced it at some point or another. There's not a problem in your life that God's going to look down and say, oh, man, I've never seen that one before. This is a new one. Jesus, get in here quick. You've got to see this. I've never seen this before. Not going to happen. Any trouble or temptation that you see or that you face, somebody else has been there before. And they've overcame it through the blood of the Lamb. But check this out. It says, you know, such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be troubled beyond what you're able, but with the trouble will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so I'm telling you tonight, the devil wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to feel like nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody, nobody gets it. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody else has ever seen this. Nobody else feels this. Nobody else can relate. Well, listen, somebody can, and especially God himself, right? But listen to me. We got, we, we got to get over this, this, uh, this, this tactic of isolation. Whenever you feel yourself wanting to withdraw from the rest of the family, whenever you feel yourself wanting to withdraw from the rest of the troops, plug in more than you ever have in your life. Because that's the devil trying to come in and tempt you and get you isolated so you're an easy target to pick off. Don't fall for the trap of isolation because God is faithful. The same troubles, the same temptations that you're going through right now, somebody else is going through it right now. It may not be me, it may not be the guy sitting next to you, but somebody else is going through the same thing. And God is faithful. He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to let you go. He's, he's not going to, you know, let you be on your own and, 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 and forsake you. No. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be right there with you every step of the way. And, and, and we've, got to, we've got to get a hold of this, that number one, God is faithful. And, you know, sometimes some of these, uh, these, these points, they sound so basic. You know, you, you've been in church your whole life and you say I know that everybody. God is faithful. I get it. I mean, yeah, I've heard that. But you've got to get the revelation of the word of God in your heart. And if you're too, you know, if you're you know that already, then how come you're not walking in it? How come how come you're forgetting it? How come you're not acting like it's true? You've got to get a revelation and you've got to, even if it's the most basic verse in the whole Bible, you've got to let it become alive to you. Because, listen, it's one thing to know a whole bunch of scriptures. It's another thing to obey a whole bunch of those scriptures. It's another thing to let those scriptures come alive in your heart and let God do something with them. So listen, God is faithful. And I, and I like it here that it uses this phrase, but God is faithful because there's there's two ways that I, I hear this phrase used through Christians' mouths. But God, all right. Sometimes you see somebody going through a, a through the storm, through a bad circumstance, and they say, "But God, why? But God, but God, no, but God." And it's one thing to say, "But God," that way. It's another thing to be going through the storm and say, 
But God said, I am more than a conqueror. But God said, how are you saying, but God? Are you saying, but God, it's not fair. Are you saying, I don't care what comes against me, but God is faithful. He will deliver me. He he will bring me through. He will see that I make it through this situation. How are you saying, but God? Listen, how are you saying it? I hear people saying it one of two ways. They're feeling sorry for themselves or they're saying, I don't care what comes against me. It doesn't matter because God, but God said, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. But God said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But God said he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He's close to the brokenhearted, Psalm 34 tells us. But God said, I will make it through this. I will not be ashamed. I will overcome this situation. Amen. And so I want to show you one of my favorite Bible verses tonight. We're going to look at the book of Nahum chapter one, Nahum chapter one, verse seven. And I know, you know, you're probably studying Nahum this morning because everybody just reads Nahum every day, right? That's where you were studying. So I know it's not going to take any time at all to find Nahum one seven, but go ahead. Uh, Nahum one seven. We're going to have to yeah, give you a chance to find it there. You have to sing your books of the Bible song. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Nahum chapter 1, when you get there, we're going to look at verse 7. And, uh, man, I've got a whole bunch of scriptures tonight, probably more than I normally normally do. But, listen, when when you're going through something, the best thing you can do is is cling to the Word of God, man. That is number one. Nahum chapter 1. And we're going to look here at verse 7. And I love this. It says, the Lord is good. What is he? The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Man, there's a lot right there. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Has anyone in here ever been to the day of trouble? That's you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, day of trouble, Friday, Saturday. So it's, 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 it's like the eighth day of the week, you know. But listen, the day of trouble, we don't believe for it. We're not confessing it and claiming it to come in. But the fact of the matter is sometimes there is a day called the day of trouble. But you've got to remember that when the day of trouble comes, that doesn't change. But the Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. And this word stronghold, man, this means a refuge or a fortress. And so, again, I'm going back to whenever you're tempted to withdraw and be isolated, the best thing for you to do is be surrounded on all four sides by a stronghold, by a refuge, by a fortress, right? Amen. And so the Lord is good. He's a stronghold. He's a fortress. He's a refuge. He wants to surround you on all sides during the day of trouble, because when the devil comes, he wants to he wants to be surrounding you and take those darts before they get to you. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And I I find this last part of this verse really interesting. It says he knows those who trust him. He knows those who trust him. I mean, God knows everybody. Right? We, we get that. The Lord loves everybody. We're not denying that fact. But it's interesting that it points out very specifically right here that he knows those who trust him. 
And, you know, I don't know where he stores that list in heaven, but I want my name to be on the list of those who trust me. Dave Samples. I want to be, my name needs to be on that list right there because when the day of trouble comes, I want him to open up. Oh, he's one of those that trust me. I'm going to be a stronghold to him. I'm going to be his fortress. I'm going to be his refuge. And, you know, I think of Psalm 91 where there's all these promises of God all all throughout Psalm 91. But if you're looking at all these promises, there's so many of these things where it talks about these promises are for those that are drawing close to him, for those that abide under the shadow of the almighty. Because I know a whole lot of people that are good, nice people. And, you know, they say they love the Lord. But if you break it down, they're not really abiding under the shadow of the almighty. They visit the shadow of the almighty every now and then when they're in trouble, but they don't abide there. They just go when they're in trouble. And listen, when you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that's a whole different ball game right there. Amen. And you know, King David talks about in Psalm 23, he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dude, I'm going to be the guy that dwells in the house of the Lord forever, not the guy that I will visit the house of the Lord occasionally. You know, hey, we're not being mean here. We're just trying to help people. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be able to get all through Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And get all your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you get to the very end. And I will visit the house of the Lord when I feel like it. Woo! No, man. I want to be able to say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you need to find this guy, go to the house of the Lord, because that's where he's at. That's where he lives. That's where he dwells every day. And listen, that's the type of guy, when the day of trouble comes, God looks down and says, oh, I know him. He trusts in me. He's one of my guys. That's one of mine, man. Get away. You know, I want to be that guy where, where the Lord knows I trust in him, no doubt about it, this is a guy that trusts in the Lord. So we have got to know that when this day of trouble comes, listen to me. Number one, the Lord is faithful. The second thing the second Thessalonians three three told us is that he will strengthen you. Have you ever been, you know, man, you, you've been you've been in the fight for a minute. You you've been fighting the good fight of faith. And, and, you know, and, 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 and you're starting to feel it a little bit. And then the Lord strengthens you through his word, man. You show up to church and the saints surround you. You, 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 you see something, you remember something he did. However it is, okay, God can do what, you know, any, any way he needs to. But the Lord strengthens you right when you needed it most. Man, there's been times I felt like I've been in the 15th round of a, you know, of, of, of the heavyweight championship, man, just getting pounded. And then the Lord shows up and strengthens me. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of silly, but I, you know, you ever have a, you, you have a flashback to maybe like a commercial or something you saw a long time ago. And, and I was, this morning I was, uh, I was, I was, you know, just praying and coming through this. And I was thinking about this, this point right here. And I had this flashback to this TV commercial from a couple of years ago. I have no idea where this came from, but it goes brilliantly with this point right here. And so, um, 15th round, Rocky Balboa. Heather, play that because it makes sense, all right? It makes sense right now. can concentrate. It's over, Rock. Now that it's over, just give me some to drink. There ain't nothing on ice to the Seder now. Yep, and fresh guys pay, yeah. Except maybe this. Brad Balboa needs a miracle. Yo, that's risk, baby. Get in there. 
bit, little bit of wild there. But have you ever felt like, man, you're right there in the 15th round getting pounded, and then all of a sudden strength shows up? You know, it may not be a brisk iced tea, but whatever it is, strength shows up, and all of a sudden, man, you've got a whole other, you've got a whole other round left in you. You've got something else. And that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to strengthen you when you feel, man, I don't think I can go on right now. He wants to strengthen you. And actually, I've got an example of Jesus himself going through this. I want us to look at Luke chapter 22 and verse 43. Luke 22, verse 43. Because we know that Jesus... You know, the book of Hebrews tells us he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Or he was, he was, he faced all the same things that we face. And so if you've been tempted to quit, if you've been tempted to give up, Jesus was. If you've been tempted to, you know, to, to whatever it is, if you've been troubled with that, Jesus, he feels, he feels our infirmities. He, he knows what you've gone through because he went through it and he beat it. But here we are in Luke 22, and Jesus, he's here in the garden praying the night, the, the night before this is all going to go down. And here he is. He's asking God, man, God, <laughs> if there's some other way to do this, let's do it. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And here he is praying in such agony of spirit. In fact, the very next verse tells us that he began to sweat great drops of blood. But Luke chapter 22 Verse 43, here's Jesus in, in, in this intense moment of, of, of agony and everything else. And it says this, verse 43, Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Now think about that. An angel from heaven appeared and strengthened Jesus at that moment. Jesus himself at that time, he was in the fight. He, apparently he needed a little extra something. He needed a little extra boost. And an angel appears and strengthens him. And so that's all good and well. But the, my thinking says this, that, okay, this angel appeared and, and helped Jesus out. But listen. I don't need an angel to appear to me to strengthen me. I've got the risen, victorious Jesus Christ who defeated death, who can strengthen me every day of my life. I don't even need to see him. I've never seen Jesus yet, all right? and I'm fine with that. But check it out. I can go to his word day or night, any day of the year, no matter where I am, and draw strength from the victorious, risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Do you realize what good news that is? Do you realize how powerful that is, that no matter, no matter what, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, you can draw strength from Jesus Christ right there, and He can get you the strength and the stamina and the energy and the, the courage to go another round until you win the battle. This is really good news because God is faithful and He will strengthen you. And so this angel appeared and strengthened Jesus in His hour of need. And right now, and no matter when our hour of need is, we've got Jesus Christ risen from the dead, alive and powerful and doing well. He's the great I am, and He's right here to strengthen us whenever we need it. That is good. That's the best thing you've heard all day long. I don't care if someone gave you a million dollars today. The best thing that you've heard all day long is that Jesus Christ is alive, and He's on your side. 
and he wants you to overcome and he wants you to do well. That's the best news you've heard all day. And so I want to go back to the Old Testament here quickly. Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40. This is one of those verses that you just need to know. So if you're the type of person that highlights in your Bible, get your marker out. If you're the type of person that puts neat little red stars beside your favorite verses, get your red pen out right now. You're going to put some stars right here. Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to look at verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Some of you know this one. You already know where we're going here. Isaiah 40, verse 31. And if you've been in a season of, you know, you've been in a battle lately... The smartest thing you could do would be to write down every verse that we're going to tonight. These are all verses that specifically promise you victory. And so, if you're going through anything at all, and if you're smart, and you're, even if you're not going through something, but you have a brain, you would also write down all these verses. Because it's better to be uh, prepared before the storm comes than afterwards trying to figure out what you're going to do, right? So, here we are. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. The Lord will strengthen you, right? That's what 2 Thessalonians says. But those who trust in the Lord, and we've already seen God knows those who trust Him. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's good stuff right there. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. You're going to soar on wings like eagles. You're going to get a new strength if you trust in the Lord. And I can't tell you how many times, man, that I've, I've been in one of those situations where it's like, man, I just, I, I need something. I, I need a little extra help. I don't know if I can do this anymore. And we get in trouble when we're looking at what we can do because you can't fix it anyway. If you could have, you would have done it a long time ago. So quit looking at yourself and look to God. But here we are and we're saying, man, I don't know if I can go on anymore. And you read a verse like this and you say, I don't know if I can go on, but God, but God can. He's not tired. He's not going to sleep. He's not even a little bit worn out. But God is faithful. But God is right here. But God knows I trust in Him. But God will see me through. But God. And here we are. We show up at a verse like this. And and man, you trust in the Lord, you will find new strength. You will soar high on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. And so when we've reached the end of our limit and capability, that is fine, man. That's fine. When you've reached the end of what you can do, that's probably good news because you're going to quit trying to do it all on your own and you're going to start relying on God. But when we reach the end of our limits and our capabilities, it's time to rely on God and His unlimited capabilities. Because listen, no matter what it is we're going through, God is greater. God can handle it. God is not afraid of our problems. God is not intimidated. God is not confused. God is not scared. God does not know, I don't don't know what I'm going to do right now. That's not going to happen. He not only knows the answer, He is the answer to every single thing that we could ever face. And so I'm telling you, God is faithful and He will strengthen you. You know, another thing out of Psalm 23, it says, He restores my soul. 
if you realize how deep that phrase right there, that is, that is a very profound statement. He restores my soul. Because if you know, uh, if you know what the soul is, okay, a lot of people think that spirit and soul are the same thing. They're not, okay? Hebrews 4 tells us that the Word of God, it divides between spirit and soul. They're two separate things, okay? And so, your soul, it is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And sometimes we get to this place where we're saying... I don't have the will to go on. I don't have the will. I don't have the, I, I don't know what, what I, I don't think. And you're going through all these things. And what you've got is a soul problem. But if you rely on God, he says, I will restore your soul. That means I'll restore your will. I'll give you the will to keep fighting. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the desire and the will to keep Staying in this fight and keep fighting the good fight of faith until you've seen the victory. God restores your soul. And if you feel like I don't have the will to go on, you need to get into Psalm 23 and say, Oh man, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything I need right there. He lets me rest beside still waters. He leads me to this green grass. I, I, I'm right there and he restores my soul. He gives me the will to go on. That's a deep thing right there. And so God is faithful and he will strengthen you just when you need it the most. And the third thing we're going to say tonight is this, is that he will guard you from the evil one. Oh, man, that is so good right there. He will guard you from the evil one. And if you whether you choose to believe it or not, it's the truth is that you have an enemy in this life, Satan. You know, Peter tells us that he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And one of the, you know, one of the most, I think, I guess important verses of the Bible, John 10, 10 says, the thief comes, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give life and life more abundantly. And so, anything in our lives, you've got to look at it and say, is this stealing, killing, or destroying? If it falls under any of those three categories, it's from the thief. It's from the enemy. And he is real. And, he, and, and, and he's, he's relentless, man. He doesn't care if you're having a good day or not. He, he's going to try to come in, man, as a roaring lion and try to devour you. You've got to get this. You've got to know this. And does that mean we're afraid and we're walking around, oh, man, what's the devil going to do today? No, I don't walk around thinking about what the devil's going to do today. I walk around thinking about what Jesus already did for me. He won the victory 2,000 years ago. Amen? Uh, I'm just going to enforce that. i just got to use his name. But here we are, and the truth of the matter is this, is that there is the evil one. Yeah, he's real. Amen? Yeah, but what, what does it say in First John? It says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And that's the evil one. And you remember that Nahum 1.7 told us that God is the stronghold in the day of trouble. He's the fortress. He's the guard. And he will guard you from the evil one, as it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. So you're in Isaiah 40. I want you to see Isaiah 43. You've got to see this. Isaiah 43 in verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2, I love this. And, and, and man, if you're one in here that's just maybe been going through one of those seasons of difficulty, this verse is so powerful. You, you've got to know this. Isaiah 43, verse 2, 
It says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through deep waters, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in those deep waters too. I'm going to be right there. I'm not leaving you just because you're going through the storm right now. That doesn't mean that I left. I'm right there. When you go through deep water, I will be with you. I'm not leaving you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That, I mean, man, if you've ever been through the river of difficulty, if you've ever been through the fire of oppression, that verse means something to you. And if you've never had a problem, then I mean, you know, that, you, that probably flew right over your head. But if you're like most people and you have seen the river of difficulty, if you have felt the fire of oppression and you know that God was right there with I didn't drown. It didn't consume me. It didn't burn me up. God was right there with me. Why? Because it's all going back to 2 Thessalonians 3. But God is faithful. He will strengthen me and he will guard me from the evil one no matter what's going on. The storm, it'll try to come. Oh, yeah. The day of trouble, it'll, it'll come knocking sometimes. But guess what? I don't have to be afraid of that. I don't have to be afraid because God is on my side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? You've got to get this. You have got to get this in your heart. And so, yeah, we're not promised that we're never going to face some deep waters or fires in our life. That, that promise wasn't ever made. But we are promised through, uh, that, through all this that God will be right there with us and we're not going to drown. He said, you, you may see the river, but you're not going to drown in it. I'm not gonna, you're not going to drown. You may see the fire, but it's not going to consume you. It's not going to burn you up. He's going to bring you right through that. And one of the Bible stories I always think of is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They get thrown into this fiery furnace, man. They get thrown in with flames so hot that it kills the men that threw them in there. They weren't even in the fire and it was so hot. And isn't that crazy that sometimes, man, you may be going through the fire and it's like burning up everybody all around you and they're not even the ones right in there. And here you are, you're in the fire, but you're not alone. There's that fourth person, right? There's that fourth guy and it's Jesus Christ. And everybody else is looking around and saying, I thought he was in that alone, but I see a fourth guy and you come walking out after it's all over with. And it says that these children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't even smell like smoke. They even smell like smoke, man. That's physically impossible. Man, you ever go around a campfire? You go within 50 feet of that. You, you reek of smoke, right? You ever go to someone's house that smokes and, and you were just in there for five minutes and boom, you smell a smoke for the next week. Listen, these guys were in the middle of flames so hot that it killed people. They didn't even touch it and they didn't even smell like smoke. God is saying to us, I can bring you right through the fire and no one even tell you ever even went through it. You won't smell like it. You won't look like it. No one can even tell what you've been through because that's how good God is. Why? But God is faithful. But God, he'll strengthen you and God will guard you from the evil one. If you can go through the fire and not even be able to tell that you went through there, only God 
could do that. And man, I, I, I know so, so many of you guys' testimonies that, you know, stuff that God's brought you through. And no one even knew it if you never said anything. You know, if, if, no, if you didn't tell... No, no one would ever even know because God brought you right through there. And you don't even smell like smoke. You know, you're, you're clo- it says their clothes weren't even singed. There was no traceable evidence that they had been through the fire other than the witnesses that saw them in the flames. And that's what it is in our lives. God is faithful. He will strengthen you. He will guard you from the evil one. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. Oh, man, you've got to get these verses in your heart. And so God promised us that he's going to be right there with us. The fire's not going to consume us. We're not going to drown in the river, even though it may be raging all around us. He's faithful. He's going to get us through it. And one thing that we've got to realize is this. Again, don't isolate yourself. The number one goal of the enemy, I don't believe, is to kill a Christian. I believe his number one goal is to separate you from the Lord. To get you to turn your back on God. Because you can't threaten a Christian with death. We don't have to be. Death was defeated. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Heaven's a promotion. Are you kidding me? I'm afraid of dying. I'm go- kidding me? Don't tip me. You know? I'm going to heaven, man. Seriously. And so the devil's number one goal isn't to, isn't to kill a Christian. It's to put the pressure on so much. It's to turn the heat up so bad that they say, ah, what's the use? I'm out of here, man. This isn't working. Uh, forget it. I'm out of here. That's Satan's number one goal. And, and Jesus talked to Peter one time. He said, Peter, Peter, I'm praying for you right now, man. I'm praying that your faith will fail not. He said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying that your faith will fail not. What does it mean to sift? Sift means that you shake something, and, and the literal meaning is to separate from that which is useful. The devil, he wants to come in and shake your life so much that you get separated from that which is useful, from, from the Lord, from your church. He wants to shake it so bad, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen, He will guard you from the evil one. Isn't that good news right there? He will guard you. And so, man, maybe this week you've been getting shaken and sifted and, and all over the place. And he's trying to cut you off and separate you to say, I don't know, man. God, Where's God at? He's not, he's not even here. If, if God's so good, then why is this going on? He wants to shake you and get you to turn your back. But you've got to step up and say, no, my faith will not fail. I don't care what goes on. I don't care if everybody else in this town turns their backs on God. Here's one guy right here that is not going to do it. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen me. He will guard me from the evil one. He is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he does know those who trust in him. That's what your attitude has to be. And when you walk through those rivers of difficulty, when you feel the flames coming up, man, you've got to know that, hey, I'm not alone. God's right here with me. He's a refuge. He's a fortress. He's right here with me. And we're going through this thing together. I am not going to drown in this. I am not going to get consumed by these flames. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. And I am not going to give the devil the joy of saying that he separated me from God. That is never going to happen. I am not separating 
for my God, no matter what comes. Just going back to the, the children of Israel, they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, our God, he, throw us in there, man. We don't care. Our God is able to save us. And even if he doesn't, we will never bow down to your furnace, ever. You can kill us and we're not going to bow. I don't care what you do. I am not getting separated from God. Don't give the devil the joy of doing Don't even entertain those thoughts and say, I don't know about this stuff. I, I'm not feeling it. It doesn't matter what you feel. Listen to me. We walk by faith, not by sight. And if the word of God says that you're more than a conqueror, you are. You've just got to trust it. And so maybe you've been in the day of trouble. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, well, that's, that's good. I agree with all that stuff, man. But I'm not, I'm not in the day of trouble right now. My life has never been better. Even the more reason to pay attention to what we're saying tonight. Because you may not be in the day of trouble right now, but there, there is a day of trouble that's going to try to come against your life at some point. There will be a storm that tries to come together. And it reminds me, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the end here, but, but it reminds me of Matthew 7, okay? There's this story of these two guys that built houses. One guy built his house on concrete. Another guy built his house upon sand. Two guys have the exact same opportunity in life. You know, but they both chose to do different things. One guy built his house on a solid foundation. Another guy on sand. A storm comes. The exact same storm comes. And one guy collapses and loses everything. But the other guy, because he prepared before the storm ever came and laid a proper foundation, when there was no rain, there was no clouds in the sky, he just got his life ready before the storm ever came. It huffed and it puffed, but his house did not blow down. And, I mean, praise God, maybe you weren't prepared and the storm came. God is good. You know, you get things together as best as you can. But it's a whole lot better to have the foundation already laid. Because if you get nothing else tonight, get this. It is really hard to lay concrete in six inches of flooded water. It's super hard to lay. And I'm not a builder. I don't know much about construction. But I do know it's super hard to lay concrete in standing water. And some people, you know, praise God, bless them. But, but they ignored God. They, 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 they've been in church, but they haven't been paying too much attention. And, and oh, yeah, I know the day of trouble. You know, I feel bad for everybody, but I've never had it. Listen, when the day of trouble comes and the storm comes, they're bailing water, trying to lay a foundation. And it's really hard to lay a foundation when the storm and the flood is already come. It is so much better to be prepared ahead of time. And I'm so glad that when I had leukemia and everything, that my parents didn't have to start saying, um, I know the Bible talks about healing. I know it's somewhere in there. If, if somebody, I know it's in there somewhere. Man, they had a treasure chest of healing verses already as their foundation, even though none of us had ever been sick. When the leukemia came, they were ready, man. They came They came. Fighting, man. They came with a vengeance against the enemy. And I am so glad that they already had the foundation laid. And so, whether you're in here tonight and you're right in the middle of the day of trouble, God's faithful. You're coming through this thing on top. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And maybe you're saying, I've never been, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that right now. Then get ready. Lay the foundation. Plug into the things of God. Pray, get in the word of God stronger than ever before. And when the storm does come, you're still going to be standing firm, no matter if anybody else is. Number one, God is faithful. Number two, he will strengthen you. And number three, he will guard you from the evil one. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.